Welcome to Hillcrest Chapel Audio. We hope today's message will help you grow. Good morning, friends. How are you? Um, Royal family being one of the outstanding examples of the way this church multiplies the hope of Jesus in the community, not by the church. Uh, doing this, but by the church just standing along as people with heart and vision and purpose uh, here go out and make things happen. And we just want to see that multiplied over and over. As I look around, I see some of the key leaders who make this happen. I just want to thank you. You make uh, the kingdom look great, and you take care of kids in need of help, and you help Hillcrest and this body continue to grow and thrive and reach this area. So we're exceedingly grateful for all of you. I'm glad to have you uh, at Hillcrest this morning. As Tim said, if this is one of your first times here, uh, welcome. You're joining us during a busy time. In fact, all month to us, it's felt like, how many things can we cram into one service? Uh, Last week, I think the answer was like seven different things. Uh, and we managed to get through it, and this morning is going to be another one of those days of crossroads. We're kind of, uh, we are fitting lots of pieces together, and um, we're still right in the middle of Missions Month. I mean, literally right in the middle of Missions Month, a Missions Emphasis Month. You know, that's a funny term, Missions Month, isn't it? We're on mission all the time. Uh, this is the month where we are paying very special attention to the mission that we're on locally and globally and how we support it. And it's a celebration. It's an all-month celebration uh, of the fortunate opportunity that we have to participate with God in what He is doing. And so I hope that you see it that way, not like, oh, you know, here's how we ramp up to making sure we pay for this for another year. Pay's the easy part. Uh, vision, direction, people who will go, uh, people being on mission, that's the exciting and interesting part. Well, it's not just uh, Missions Emphasis Month, uh, but today's also Pentecost Sunday. If you were here in the beginning, uh, then you heard Carlo uh, announce that a little bit in his call to worship. And um, church in general has a mixed history with celebrating uh, Pentecost Sunday, but it is a pivotal, I'm, I'm, I would argue, one of the three critical days that we mark as a church. It's, tr- it's triune. The, our whole Christian calendar is triune in its nature, three-parted. And this pouring out at Pentecost, which we'll talk a little bit about this morning, is important. So it's missions emphasis, it's Pentecost. Uh, we have uh, visiting missionaries with us today of a few sorts um, who we're going to hear from as well. We have a, a missionary meet and greet which uh, between the services. And uh, we just said, as Tim just said, we just sent home 150 students to Texas, Utah, and Idaho. So uh, busy week, busy weekend, thriving and vital church doing all kinds of things. So we're glad to have you here. Um, Pentecost, if I can go back there uh, for a moment, is an ancient uh, Jewish and also now Christian holy day. Uh, For Jesus' followers, it really marks the birth of this, the church, uh, the movement of the church, the authority of the church, the power of the church to be able to do its work. Um, It's recorded in Acts chapter 2, this where Pentecost takes a shift from Jewish at its solely 
to Jewish and Christian, <laughs> from its roots, which do not go away, to its future. In fact, if you would pull up Acts chapter 2, the a signature moment of Pentecost and the movement of the church, we just see, uh, and this is a large gathering in Jerusalem, there's maybe upwards of 800,000 additional people in town this month. And here's what's happening with the disciples, the followers of Jesus, have been sent to wait. Uh, by Jesus, and it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Next, there we go. And they were all, uh, just there's so many words I'd love to underscore and park on here. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the power to utterance. As the Holy Spirit was poured out as the gift that Jesus had just promised them prior in Acts 1.8. In fact, there's kind of three key verses that we think about in the mission of the church. Last week we talked about Matthew 28. Acts 1-8, Matthew 28, and Acts 2, kind of describing the power and mission of the church. So this moment in Acts 2 was promised in Acts 1-8. Jesus looked at his followers and said, hey, before you go out, can you, you know, before you rush out, uh, you see me resurrected. Now before you go out to all the earth, wait. Because you are going to receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and into Samaria, which doesn't put the same grin on your face that it would for those people, but Samaria was a hot button, and then into the ends of the earth. And so that Acts 2 and Acts 1 work together to inform Matthew 28, which we talked about last week, these all function together and to see the clearly expressed purpose. When you sew them together in your heart and mind, you'll see uh, the whole of the mission and the whole of the way that it gets done. And the expressed purpose is that his followers, who, by the way, up until this point, have a proclivity for putting their foot in their mouth, not saying the right thing. Like Peter's gift might be, ready, wait, I'll say the exact wrong thing at the exact wrong time. Just wait for it. I have a little bit of that gift. It says that he's giving them the power and the purpose and the intimacy with him and the tools they will need and the courage they will need to carry the good news about Jesus. Now, look where he says, out into your own neighborhoods. I want you to go into Jerusalem. Uh, We've talked about this in missions before. Somebody's like, yeah, I'll go to Rome. Jerusalem's scary. That's where my neighbors live. You know, people know me there. So the first thing he says, go into your neighborhoods. And Jessica, great job with that last week. You go, to your, go into your neighborhoods. Go into your region, into Judea, out into Whatcom County with you in western Washington. He says, and then go to Samaria. This could be easily translated as to the neighbor you hate. But I was going to go to the neighbor I like. Yeah, that, yeah. And how about the one you despise? Go then also to the neighbors that you hate. And then it says, and then out into the furthest reaches of the world. Um, I didn't read it, but in Acts chapter 2, Luke is keen to kind of show you the the furthest reaches of the world are already 
uh, participating. If you go a little further, it says there were Parthians and Medes and Elamites and those from Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, Cyrene, Rome, Crete, Arabs. Uh, in other words, he's saying all directions of the earth and everywhere from Jerusalem, north, south, east, and west, were there people already here participating in a miracle that was to make clear, and so shall we go to all of them, right? Uh, this key moment of participation to which he brings it all around. Um, by the time that this is happening with Jesus's followers at Pentecost, the Jews in that city, and these are all, these are all Jews at this point, <laughs> Jews are God followers, those who've converted, they have been celebrating Pentecost for 1,400 years. Um, by the way, I've got lots of sidetracks today, but often we want God to do things in a hurry, don't we? Can we get to it? Emmanuel, you promised this to me like four months ago. When are we doing this? 1,400 years he sowed this idea into the culture of a people so that at the moment it came, it would go off like an explosion, right? So for 1,400 years, they have been celebrating Pentecost. In that case, worshiping God and rejoicing and delighting in him because he had delivered a great agricultural abundance, um, I, th- I think we have a slide of the um, um, feast up there. But 50 days before Pentecost, they will have given their first fruit. They'll have come brought the first of their harvest in a hope that God will bless the rest of their harvest. And so 50 days later, they are, the idea is I was faithful and I've come to celebrate the outpouring of the harvest that you've given me. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm sure you can read that or not. You guys see it? Wave your hand. Okay. So at 50 days, we gave our first fruit. Uh, Now we see this abundant outpouring that's been kind of woven into their heart. Now Jesus and God are retooling that. because I love that Paul picks up on this right away. Jesus is resurrected from the dead. And he calls him as a first fruit of a new order. He is the first fruit. We've talked about this among many Brothers and sisters, so Jesus is the first fruit offering, his resurrection. Fifty days later, what we are celebrating at Pentecost is, look at it, the outpouring abundance that is the result of the first fruit. Are you seeing that? So instead of just thanking God for, you know, this abundant harvest of grapes, they're about to thank God for the abundant harvest of humans, that there will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit from the first fruit of Jesus that will bring about a fulfillment of Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit would come to all so that there might be the greatest harvest of all. Um, You know, this has always been the plan of Scripture. It wasn't like the Gentiles got included later because God was just irritated with all the Jews. From the very first moment he made a pledge to Abraham, he said, And through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. God's plan was always Pentecost. An abundant outpouring to reach the whole world. He's always wanted to assemble all of his children under his care, in his fellowship, to build the city of God. You know, to to build it and to reconstruct it, the people who will walk in his way to build his city and be a testimony to who he is. He's always, it's been his love, his desire to gather the nations in. And like I said, that 
so our, our calendar kind of takes on, if Pentecost is the fulfillment of first fruit, the Christian calendar then ends up kind of following along in a triune sense. You know, Christmas, we celebrate the Father sent the Son, so we celebrate God's mission. On Easter, we celebrate the Son living, laying down His life, and being resurrected. It's about Jesus. And on Pentecost, we celebrate the Holy Spirit, the outpouring. Isn't that something? Do you ever think about that? We are triune in the way we celebrate <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our three biggest moments in our calendar are about revealing our three-part triune God. And it is, uh, it's a shame that we have often missed the third one. They all go together. The Father sent the mission, the Son fulfilled the mission, and the Holy Spirit makes it possible that we might live out the mission participating with Him, doing His work. I mean, think back about what we've already learned in Missions Month. Now think about how Pentecost drives everything we've learned. Now, if you haven't been here two weeks ago, uh, Ray Deck was here from Skookum Kids. Um, if you've never had the privilege of hearing him teach on something, fix it and go back and listen to it. He is genuinely not just driving a mission for him. He's just a, he's just a genius, actually. Uh, and it was a wonderful message. And he encouraged us to remember that Christianity isn't something we do. That Jesus is still doing through us. We participate in what he is doing. How do we participate? How is it Jesus' single body point of work is multiplied a million times in his followers. It is, it is by Pentecost. Uh, do you remember Ray said, if the Gospels are like the dynamite and cord, then Jesus' ascension is the detonator that sets it all off? What does it set off? When he pushes the detonator, what blows up? Pentecost. That, that's the thing that blows up. The ascension pushing the button is so that Pentecost may arrive, so that the Holy Spirit might be poured out, so that we might get at the work of participating with Jesus with the tools, resources, courage, and power to do so. Hello? Yeah. So this is what is unleashed in Pentecost. Surely not something we do, but surely something we participate in, that when the person of the Holy Spirit comes, he cuts loose this tidal wave, this ripple, this effect of love, redemption, justice, revolution, and good civilization building that flows out of Pentecost. Um, last week, Jessica. Jessica Mumley sitting over there. I keep pointing at her. You're like, why do you keep pointing over there? Because we keep her in that closet. No, I was kidding. Uh, she's sitting right there. Uh, missionary, campus pastor, full-time mom. Brilliant teacher, thoughtful, insightful, spirit-filled. Taught us from Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the great mission, uh, co-mission. I know that it's there. In Jesus' name, go. All right, well, you guys know it anyhow. All authority, there it is, on heaven and earth has been given to me. Now I send you out, therefore, to go. And as you're going, baptizing, teaching, making new disciples of all nations, and baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And she did this. I don't know if you knew that before, but she pulled out that to make disciples is the imperative verb. And that the going and baptizing and teaching are all participles. Make disciples. So she's taught us, you know, as we're going along. For most of us, it's the as we're going, we're making disciples. Well, which I love. And that was wonderful. And now, today what I want to do is just shift that focus again from Pentecost into Acts 1-8 and Acts 2 and say... As a complement informed over the Great Commission is that it also 
sends some individuals and certainly us as a movement out from our community to the furthest reaches of the earth. Yes, we are all making disciples as we go. That is our all-together mission. But some of us are called to go out from where we're at. And we are all called to send those who are called to go out. Go then, some of you, to the furthest reaches. And it happened right away. Look, he gathered the people together, then he immediately sent them out, right? He sent them to the four corners and the furthest reaches of the earth. Those who came at Pentecost were sent out. Um, other of his early followers were sent out of Jerusalem by persecution. The Apostle Paul, uh, who was a murderous um, uh, convert, was changed, brought forward, and also sent out. It's kind of like an ISIS general becoming an evangelist for Christianity. Uh, but he was sent out. And since then, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Christians have made the choice that their going along would mean going out. Leaving family, home, community, often safety and a future to carry the good news about Jesus into the foreign field. To those, if they will not go, who are without the hope of Jesus. And so it requires their obedience, their decision to go. Everyone is called to go make disciples where they're at. A few of us are called to go all the way out. And all of us are to stand behind them as the ones who are sent. And so today what we're going to do is celebrate, look around the room, see all the faces on these posters, all the missionaries we will meet in between, and be thankful, grateful, honor, cheer for, and encourage those who have already gone out from among us. Today's our chance to celebrate the sent global foreign missionary. And I hope I tickle the heart and conscience of a few more. A few here who are like, maybe that's me. I'd say one of the most exciting and terrifying days you will ever have is when you have assurance about your call. Like you're always hoping God will tell you exactly what he wants you to do. I warn you, (laughs) once you know exactly what you are supposed to do, it is all you will be able to do with joy. And so pray. I would love for him to send out some new missionaries. Uh, We have a great treat in store for you in just a moment. Some very unique global missionaries to Hillcrest. And Kathy will introduce them. Before I do, I want to give us a moment to respond. Would you stand up with me? What I want to do is uh, Carlo and his team are going to make their way up here in a moment. We're going to do an odd thing. We're going to release you from your seat to go out and begin to look at these posters, to look at their faces, to recognize their faces, to look in their eyes, to pray where they're at. And what I want you to do is just pray for those missionaries that they would be encouraged, that their ministry would be fruitful, that they would have the intimacy of the Holy Spirit to do what God has called them to do and that they would enjoy it. Uh, And that you just pray over them. This church be full of a moment we're all praying over those that have been sent out from among us. And if you're nervous, you're like, I don't want to get out of my seat. I want to go do that. You can stay in your seat and pray. And a slideshow will go by. Or you can stay in your seat and just, you know, uh, bow your head and let God talk to you about maybe a call over your own life. Or maybe you're new to Christianity, have never been in church before, and this part feels weird. Feel free to just sit down and let things sail by. They'll be playing music. Watch, though, if you want. Us pray for people we love. Those that we have sent those that have gone, those that we trust. 
in a little while you'll have a chance to meet many missionaries, but today I just want you to see the missionaries that we love and to join me in praying and supporting them as Pentecost Sunday. Remember, the Holy Spirit has been poured out to share the good news of Jesus Christ around the entire world by our hands and feet and by those who would go out. Join me in a short prayer, and then I'm going to let you just go. Just after I pray, just go out and start finding places pray, and we'll regather you. Join me in this prayer. Lord Jesus, on this Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the fruitful outpouring of the Holy Spirit that was the result of your faithful work and your ascension to the throne. We lean into the power of the Holy Spirit. We submit our gifts and plans to his work that we might participate in what you're doing. Today, we thank you for all those who have already heard your call and responded like Isaiah, here I am, send me. And we pray for all those who will come next. We understand that, Lord, most of us are committing to make disciples right here at home as we're going along on the rich fields that we already live in. But we also know that to complete this mission, some of us must go far, very far. So we lift them up to you and pray with joy and thanksgiving that you will call out another. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for connecting with Hillcrest Chapel. For more info on this and other sermons, go online to hillcrestchapel.com or visit us at 1400 Larrabee Ave in Bellingham, Washington any Sunday morning, 9 or 11 a.m.